Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the 180 Impact Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks since Tyler and I were able to catch up. He is been, or has been rather, traveling now that uh, training has opened back up. He's taken his class to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and all over the place. But we were blessed to have him back and we're able to catch up and re-establish ourselves on the four pillars of emotional intelligence. So this episode, we're going to talk about recognizing emotions in others. And you might not be sure what that has to do with your mental health, um, but it really does. Mental health and personal relationships kind of go hand in hand. So take a listen as Tyler and I talk about recognizing emotions in others. Have a good day, everybody. Hey everybody, welcome back once again. We finally got back together with Tyler and I to talk about the third or really kind of the fourth pillar if you're looking at self-motivation, which I spoke about briefly in the last episode. So today, Tyler and I want to talk about, um, we'll call it pillar three, recognizing emotions in others in regards to continuing our focus on emotional intelligence and some examples of recognizing emotions and others are it's pretty simple right be able to read the room uh you and i spoke yesterday about how does this fit in with our mental health and well-being well relationship wise it's kind of a big deal like coming home and not making it all about our day and what we went through and recognizing the emotions that maybe significant others went through maybe recognizing what our kids have been through throughout the day and not just totally focusing on us one thing I think about is like recognizing emotions in others is like I wrote down in the notes, trash talking in sports. When you know there's that one guy You're on the in football. their head. Yeah. Like a, who's the guy? <laughs> is it uh Oh man, I can't think right off the top of my head, but well, a couple Trell Owens, Chad Johnson. Yeah, some of that stuff, right? Yeah. They they know how to get other people fired up. They recognize that they can do that and simply it's a tactic to throw them off their game. But we want to bring it back more to talk about uh relationships, friendships, interactions at work. Um, so first and foremost, welcome back. You got to go to New Jersey and train in person, man, for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, they've they've opened up training now in person, so pretty booked for this coming summer months. I go to uh, Florida next week and, and then across the, the East Coast. So we're talking about reading the room. I'm gonna have my hands full. Yeah, no in more the Zoom. Next coming months, <laughs> no more Zoom. I gotta interact, socially interact. So yeah, when when Tyler came back, you were talking about. Uh, we went to lunch one day. You were talking about you actually were in New Jersey, kind of the right there by the New Jersey New York side, and being able to uh, go over to the 9/11 Memorial where the tower stood. Tell us about that, just a little. Yeah. Bit so the the training was in New Jersey, and uh, after class one day, I went to. Uh, the harbor there on the New Jersey side to see the statue of Liberty uh, from the Jersey side. Pretty cool because you can see the skyline on New York City, Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty <coughs> cool view from there. But also in the park they had a 9-11 memorial on the Jersey side at the park and uh, they basically created these two walls in the park where if you look at them you can see where the towers used to be. It kind of creates a, a visualization of that. And so as I'm standing there uh, it's like 6 p.m. Uh, I'm thinking, when am I ever going to be this close to New York City again? So I bit the bullet, figuratively, <laughs> and drove over <laughs> to the other side because uh, I wanted to go to where the towers were. 
since they did the memorial there where the North and the South mm -hmm. towers were. Uh, so I had to do it. So I went over there. I fought Manhattan traffic. Oh. Uh, after 40 minutes of looking for a parking garage, finally made it, walked down there. And even, even now they have it uh, gated off, so you mm -hmm. can't walk right up to it. Uh, but you can still get close enough. And uh, it, you want to talk about humbling yourself and thinking about that day, those of us that uh, were old enough to remember where we were at that day when that happened and watching on the news. And the thing that really got shook me up was not just looking in the ground, right, where the memorial is, but to then in that spot look up in the sky and think that's where these towers used to stand and then remember seeing the news coverage as those planes flew into that and then thinking about all the first responders that had to come into that area to help try to clean up and, and try to save people. Uh, that's that's one of those, if you've never been, especially as a first responder, you got to go, mm -hmm. right, to feel that, that humbling experience. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, remembering for a lifetime. Yeah, when you're telling me the story about, like, when you came back, I was just, like, picturing myself, they're like, you're looking up where the, that was like the center of the entire world. The whole world and, and the war, the right. war that we're still fighting. And you're standing right there. It all started like, right there. Wow. Yeah. Right? Ground zero of. That's nuts. Of affecting the whole world. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, you're like, man, would I go there again to fight that? That's just one of those things where you're like, I may never be this way again. Uh, Miller and I did that in D.C. several years ago, like in my first experience of walking through the the mall down there with uh, the Lincoln Memorial is like, man, this is, well, this the is sobering. Like the crazy. other thing that runs through your mind is if we were all if we were cops there, we would just go into action. Yeah. Right. And we would think, man, this is crazy, but we would just do it. And you think back, that's that's how we're geared. That's how we operate. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter the the tragedy. We don't take that time to consider everything. We just instinctively go into react mode, save people mode, um, and that's, I, I guarantee that's exactly how those officers and firefighters reacted that day. Right. Yeah, no, like a lot of people will say, man, I don't know how you do, like you're absolutely right, you don't think. And in a situation like that, there's no thinking. Yeah. But that, what, a, what a... React, react, react. Go. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool, man. That's... Uh, that's interesting. I don't know if I would have been able to handle that traffic, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, I, I would have gotten lost. I also braved Central Park at oh, 9 o'clock right. at night. That's right. Same same thing. When am I ever going to be here again? Uh, you know, Central Park, where they have the, the famous the water fountain and the, the kind of tunnel that you walk out yeah, of. The home you alone. Yeah, Home <laughs> Alone 2, Lost in New York. Like, home Alone. Uh -huh. I'm like, that's where you, you're the bird lady. <laughs> you see it in all the movies. I said, I'm here. I got to go. So, again, another 30 minutes looking for a parking garage. Oh. Finally made it. Uh, 9 o'clock at night in Central Park. Uh, probably not the safest place to be, but I had to do it. Made it. Uh, marked it off my bucket list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I forgot about the Central Park. When you uh, showed me the picture on your phone, I'm like, that's uh, Home Alone. <laughs> and sure enough, when I got home from the trip, uh, we pulled up Home Alone 2 on Disney Plus and showed the kids. That's where it was at. <laughs> There's where, there was that. That's sweet. All right, well, cool. So now we're back here. So we want to just chat for just a few minutes to be able to give you some tips and techniques on 
again, recognizing emotions in others. And when Tyler and I talked, we spoke yesterday briefly about this of tying it into mental health and well-being, and this is pretty big in relationships. <clears throat> so when we come home, um, and I know we've kind of touted this book before and in our class is the, uh, the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. So when you come home, one, I think this follows properly, one of the main things is like understand your, not, not just your significant other's love language, but your kids as well. We talked about like, don't make it about you when you get home. So on that side of it, what are your recommendations as far as with, within the house, when you get off duty, when you come home, I know how I am when I go home. <laughs> I'm still in like total work mode, total task mode. Like, got to get things done. And th this one right here, like recognizing emotions and others, is very difficult for me because mm -hmm. when I come home, I'm still in that mode, and it's like uh, I almost expect other people to be in that mode too, in a way. So rec that recognizing, man, and sometimes is very, very hard. And then what are you going to do to bring that back? Because they're not going to be in the same mode that you're in no especially kids no you think about think about your day day at work right uh, as a first responder you are so geared on schedule what needs to get done organized okay what do we got to do next right planning you come home your kids and your spouse for one their job if they work right is not set up like ours, so they're right. not thinking that way every day. Your kids, obviously, they just care about when's recess, when's lunch, and do I get gym class, right? <laughs> That's their stressors of the Can't day. Can't be on the phone now, class. Uh, and so, like, I, I talk about when we do our program in the classroom, I talk about one of my biggest stressors because of my job, and I come home, is the disorganization, right? Whether it's clothes, laundry, whatever, on mm -hmm. the floor, dishes. Uh, and so what I have to do now uh, first, it goes back to that love language thing. And what's interesting with our class and our program is we'll talk about a topic like this, and there's so many overlaps with some of the other stuff we talk about, like yeah. the love language. You kind of feel like you're repeating it, but you're yeah. not. This all ties in. It all ties in. Absolutely. Right? And so if you guys don't get the hint, read that book, because right. that book is really a basis of almost all of our concepts when we're talking about making better social interactions relationships mm -hmm. but yeah coming home and realizing read the room because when you come home everyone that lives there did not operate the way you did that today and they all have different love languages they want to be served by you right being the, the father uh, the mother uh, the spouse whatever it is and they want you to now serve them in their love language so you got to read the room uh, we all know kids especially teenagers they're, they're going to be moody, emotional, and not always tell us what it is about, right? So we think we know, right? And a lot of the reading the room that will help you start talking to them, asking them about their day, what mm -hmm. they did, make it a, the conversation about them. And if you do that, before you know it, you are now plugged in to them and right. their emotion. If you come home and do the opposite and you're so caught up in your day, and you talk about what you think is important or what they should be doing, you're never going to get the emotion out of them. Yeah, you're never the going to read them. The you're never going to read their emotion. Right. Because you make it all about you. And the same thing happens even outside of our family groups. Just social interaction uh, with people outside of work and even at work. If every time you talk to somebody, you make it about you, mm -hmm. 
you are never going to read the room. You are never, you're going to have a hard time reading emotions in others. And some of the best ways to do that is just asking them questions, whether it's start out with, how was your day? Okay, uh, what'd you do today? What'd you think of that? Then start diving a little deeper into, tell me about that. Tell me how'd you feel about that? Or uh, uh, anytime someone's got options, say, hey, if you had these two options, which ones would you pick? Ask them to tell you about it in detail. You'll be amazed at how much more uh, better you become at reading other people's emotion. Yeah, and then again, I think with the kids and with coming home, it's not lost on repeating the love language, right? Uh, one of my children is a words of affirmation. The other one is a quality time. So have that conversation that lines up with their love language, right? The, the quality time, hang out. Hey, I'm going to go talk to this, this kid, give him high praise on his homework or whatever he did, spend that time. But you're right, even they were smaller, you know, playing with different toys and that like I don't want to play with Legos on the floor but you have to get down to do that stuff with them and understand that it's about them as well so were you gonna say yeah and, and a lot of it with kids on and, and walk no, with, with kids it is it's it's their age and what are they into yeah uh, when they're younger it's a little easier because it's toys and like you said get down there and play toys with them whether right. it's Lego GI Joe as they start to get older, become a teenager. So like right now, the struggle I'm having with my soon-to-be teenager is uh, he does really good in school and he tries really hard with sports, but his bedroom's a disaster, mm-hmm. right? So when I come home, right, I've came from a work world of organizing, pick stuff up yeah. on schedule, and I come home and I expect him to be living in the same world, and he's not. My blood pressure goes right. to the roof. Well, what I have to do is, first of all, understand his love language and start to realize some of the good things that he's done yeah. today, uh, throughout the week. And if he happens to be a little messy with his clothes, we'll address it. Mm-hmm. But don't make that be your focus of your interaction with him. Right. Right. Find a balance as you're talking to him, whether it's, you know, if you've got to have discipline in there. Uh, but have a balance of... Uh, acknowledging his accomplishments that day or his attitude or uh, whatever you did positive and then include that hey you got to pick your room up you got to get better at this because if it's always come home and treat everybody like they lived in your world today mm-hmm. it's not going to go well yeah absolutely and that's that's based off of a, a lot of behavioral psychology and things like that of like we <clears throat> if we are not self-aware we treat people the way that we are. We talk to, pe- to people the way we are, and in turn, we kind of expect that mirror to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So having that's good, and that was the one, one thing I learned about um, giving the, the disc assessment to everybody in my house once I became certified on it. And I'm like, oh, this makes total sense. Now I'm aware that I'm a high D, so I want things done now, now, now and everybody else in the family knowing where they sit in this thing, I'm like, man, this all makes sense. Hmm. So being part of aware that, hey, this is how he behaves, this is his preference for doing things, um, it, it all ties into this being aware and understanding, which is practice good listening. I know one of the steps of the book that we, that we recommend, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, um, 
they'll give you steps in there as far as each one of these pillars, but a couple of the, the biggest ones are practice the art of listening. That's not just at work, at home, because we all know the people at work that constantly have to be talking or be the mouthpiece. And also understanding what you talked about, seeking the whole picture, understand entirely what's going on. Um, just talking to a couple of our buddies that went through, what is it, First Line Supervisor? Yeah. First Line Supervisor so. School, and that's really one of the things they're giving these guys is like understand the whole picture before you make a decision before you jump into somebody's case, before you start to discipline them, understand where they're coming from and recognizing the emotions in them. And that's, and, well, yeah. and so we talk about at home, right? Coming home, reading the room, uh, seeing emotions in your family and loved ones. Same thing works at work. When you come to work, coworkers, supervisors, having that skill to read the room, because we've all been in those those meetings or social circles, break rooms, where uh, if we all of a sudden just mouth off the first thought or emotion that comes to our mind, all of a sudden there's an argument, there's a disagreement, or maybe you get a comment from a supervisor that just ticks you off even more. Right. And all, now all we've did is created more high blood pressure for ourselves, anger, stress, Whereas if we had just came in, read the room, right? Read uh, the emotion of what people have going on or maybe yeah. they just had a bad day and you read it, maybe we don't make that comment or we decide not to make that joke right. or, or make a joke about the boss kind of thing and we hold that back. It's mm -hmm. one of those, it's the old saying of once the words come out of your mouth, you can't take it back. Like toothpaste. <laughs> and, and sometimes the way it comes back is more stress for you. Yeah, yeah, because number one, and that goes along the lines of like, just listen, pause, like, there's so many phrases, pause before you talk, think about what you're getting ready to say, and the light's hard because we're very emotionally driven because a lot of times in those situations, boom, the mouth flies off and I can tell you from personal experience, when I've thought I've known something and come into the room, <laughs> guns blazing <laughs> and then I'm wrong, yeah, that, that doesn't play very well. So learn your lessons, be a good listener, um, and, and everything will work out just great. So this is really, there's not a lot to this as far as instructions on, hey, what are some of the tips we can give people? What are extra things we can do? Like, God gave you two ears and one mouth. <laughs> Listen, understand other people, practice the art of listening, see the whole picture. Any Anything else that comes to mind? I think a good way to, I guess those in, in the law enforcement side of things, Think about some of our interview interrogation techniques. When we, when we go in the interview room with a suspect, sometimes the best technique is to just let them tell their story. Mm -hmm. Ask them the questions of, okay, where were you at this time? What'd you think about that? What'd you think when you saw that? Use those same techniques on your coworkers and your family members. Uh, it may sound stupid and why am I beating around the bush? But if you really want to invest on reading emotions in others, simple questions like that when you walk into a room can really help gauge you, okay, what's this person got going on right now? And that's going to help you guide what do I say next to them. Yeah, or maybe I right. don't say it and I keep it to myself and I leave the room. Because mm -hmm. uh, if you don't, you will blurt out some words and it's just going to increase your stress level. I want to talk to a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. All right. Um, that's really about it for the for this one, the recognizing emotions in others. Um, the next episode, we're going to finish up with the emotional intelligence pillars, and that is what managing relationships. Mm. Now, that could go that could go all kinds of directions. <laughs> but one thing that we're good at, as far as first responders, is destroying relationships. So make sure that we're going to um, uh, give you guys some good information on the next one, and we'll give you some tips and tools, and do our best as much as we can within 20 minutes of how to manage relationships. So until then, if there's any questions, comments, make sure you let us know. Uh, email us at the180impact at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we're going to keep uh, active as we can on social media. And until next week, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.